Hey everybody, this is Petey from the Spinner Rack, and we're talking about Avengers 200. Now Avengers 200 is that book that's been raked over the coals, has been burned, put over a hot flame every, you know, every six months to show how, um, how progressive we are. Someone pulls out Avengers 200 and is like, hey, Avengers 200, how bad was it? And then it, it was so bad, like that sort of thing, where it's just like, a, you know, it's almost a setup now. And to show that, oh, misogyny in comics, oh, she was pregnant than the other. So let's get to the heart, because at the same time, I didn't have this book when I was growing up, but it was a book I saw, and um, <clears throat> I don't know if I saw it on the stands, but it was a book that I wanted, right? So at this time, you know, Perez is on that, and at the same time, he was on Justice League of America. Now, I got Justice League of America 200 that Perez did. <clears throat> it had, ult it had um, multiple artists. It had... <clears throat> excuse me, it had about like 14 to 15 Avengers in the book. It's really exciting. And, you know, I said multiple artists already. So then I'm like, this Avengers, I mean, Avengers 200 had like the best Avengers cover ever. Why wouldn't that be good? Like, this is like, I mean, and I'm a, and I'm a big Burn fan. And I'm like, let me think, was there, there's probably, you know, there's some good um, covers of the Avengers that Burn did. But I mean, this is the ultimate cover. There's like 10 Avengers on the cover. It's uh, a really gorgeous, like, um, like a moment, like a, like a portrait of the Avengers, a great portrait by um, Prez for the cover. So I bought it and I was like, eh, I don't know about this issue. <laughs> I was kind of like, this isn't kind of what should have, that's the anniversary. And sometimes anniversaries don't always hit. But this one was kind of really off. It was um, a wacky story about her. She was giving birth early into the story. Kid was growing up very rapidly. As everyone complains, the Avengers are kind of, you know, like trying to be positive about the pregnancy and whatnot. Jen kind of says, why aren't you happy, Carol? And then Miss Marvel kind of cuts her. She like cuts her really deep. And then of course, Jen apologizes. So this is the idea. In the story, they do have moments where the Avengers are kind of, you know, showing some sort of understanding, but it's a hard sort of story to try to understand. At the end, even Iron Man says, hey, wait, this is kind of like a little much. And she's like, because it turns into a love story. It turns to someone giving birth, and then that child then becomes um, a romance, a romance that's off panel that we see the backstory of which is not the best kind of romance to end the story of and have Miss Marvel leave the Avengers forever, go to limbo. It like, doesn't sound like a good idea that she's gonna live in limbo. Like it's limbo. <laughs> and um, I mean, there's many limbos in Marvel, so it's kind of, I guess it's a time limbo and then there's the one that the space fandom brings in. But that's what I was really iffy on. I was like, why are they going to limbo? That's really not the best place for someone who's lived, been a, I think she was a reporter or something like that. You know, she has a life in this world to just sort of fall in love with this guy off panel. It's kind of, it's kind of wacky. So I didn't think much about it. I put it, you know, when I finally got it, I kind of put it to the side and moved on. Now, I don't know when I got this, but at the same time, I got Avengers 10, which would be Chris Claremont's answer to that book. Now, I did like. Avengers 10, but if we're talking about how misogynistic Avengers 200 is, 
Then we got to go look at this one. It starts with Cal Danvers being tossed over off the Golden Gate Bridge. And only because Ms. Claremont also writes Spider-Woman that she was there just in the nick of time to pull her out of the water. So it's like, what is going on here? Like, as much as I can say, oh, you dealt with the issue of the Avengers not doing that, but there's another issue that goes on. So if you, um, if you look at it and you say, um, ultimately, we're dealing with the issues, right? That the Avengers didn't stop her. Now, it didn't have to be written that way because this is a classic um, thing that Chris Claremont does as far as writing. He's saying, okay, I don't like this story. Let me punish these characters to say that they were at fault and not find what we would say, say like a, what the no prizes were in the 80s, saying figure a way to make it make sense. And that's one of the harder things to do. So with that said, we have, um, let's see. With that said, um, I guess we should go to the issue because I'm saying the Avenger Angel 10 is fun, but at the same time, Cal gets tossed off a bridge and then at the same time, the Avengers get raked over hot coals because they screwed up when, you know, ultimately saying, hey, you guys are fictional characters and you're stuck in a bad story. You got to suffer for it. So, and that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. I, we, and I would definitely discover you can't get past Rogue tossing Carol Danvers off, off a bridge and then say, try to explain it because it doesn't work when you look at Avengers 10 doesn't work at all. It's terrible. It's a terrible way to start the story. So that said, we got to go to Avengers, Avengers 200 now. We're not going to deal with um, the annual because everyone just goes to it and says, oh, that's so great. So we're not doing that. We're going to the tough one, Avengers 200. Now, Avengers 200, we have this here. I, as I said, I did not lie. Look at that cover. That is a great cover by Perez, inked by Perez. No, it's Austin. Terry Austin is inked this cover. It almost looks like Perez is inking. But this is a good match of styles. Uh, you know, and ultimately, I think when I bought it at that point, I was into like, I don't know, the sort of inking. So I probably wanted this inking for the inside. But, you know, that, that would probably be my first issue that I have with the book. So... We're going to go in and we're going to look at the credits. Now, there's, of course, Marvel style is the plot comes first and then the script comes afterwards. So this time they have someone, they have a group of people listed for the plot. So they are the actual storytellers, the writer, the, the person that came on afterwards to script it. <clears throat> so top billing is Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter gets the top billing for it. Perez gets the, um, you know, he's there, Bob Layton and David Michelini. Like they are the writers, but just let's remember, um, even Jim Salakrup is the editor. Jim Shooter is the plotter and or co-plotter, the, the first one listed in the plot. And then Jim Shooter, then Jim Shooter is the editor in chief. This is the same Jim Shooter that looked at Death of Phoenix comic book and said no. So ultimately he could say no things go wrong. We have to remember that. So with that said, um, let's go. I'm going to keep that there. I'll keep that there for now. 
since in the magic age where everyone came down on this issue and then Jim Shooter had a blog, of course, Jim Shooter is like, you know what? I got to, I got to, I got to attack this problem. I got to say something about it. So in his blog, you know, his people contact him and he had a little bit to say about it. And here's his blog on Avengers 200 on the, it's jimshooter.com. That's simple. The book that he, the screenplay that he wrote. And um, he said, here's what Jim had to say. I found my copy of Avengers 200. I read it. I, I agree with the consensus. It's heinous, but I don't remember much about how it got that way. I am credited not only as the editor-in-chief, but one of the co-plotters. However, I didn't see anything in the book that jogged my memory. No bits I remember suggesting, no corrections of the sort I might have made to the plot passed before me. Now, I did see many things I would have changed if I had seen the plot. Now we have to stop. We have to stop him right there because there's no point in listening to what he would have done while he was on vacation, while this thing was going on, even though he co-plotted it, and somehow it got, it passed through, <laughs> it passed through him without getting seen. But then the death of Phoenix got saw and got fixed, or however you want to say, redone by um, Claremont and Byrne. So we can't factor in any of his assessments about what he would have done. All this stuff, this talk about the didn't approve plots, that would mean that, you know, he came up with the plot and then of course he's editor-in-chief. Do you reject it? I don't know what you do. So next thing you know, he said, I guess I signed. That's all that matters. He said, um, <laughs> so I guess I signed off in this book. I regret it. So next thing you know, it's like the book stops at his desk. That's when he screwed up. These are important things to say. But then he says, you know, maybe someone else can give some memories to it. And he ultimately says his fault. So I don't like the middle of this blog where he kind of says what he would have done. and kind of says, trying to explain to you what the co-plotters do. When Jim is, Jim Shooter is the, is the lead guy on there. So like, why would we pass, we wouldn't, why should we go to these other characters, these other writers and plotters and um, discuss what they did. But with that said, with that said, um, there is a blog on, and now ultimately this sort of plot in here, well, that's, that's another thing, because the comic tropes, um, I think it's comic tropes, they did something on um, the Cal Danvers story and they explained how Chris Claremont kind of did this before and then he um, did the same resolution of being the mind ring in Avengers 10. So it's kind of like, how many times is this character going to go through stuff like this? It's kind of sad. And it isn't a powerful moment. She does have a powerful moment with the Avengers in Avengers 10, but ultimately it's not a, um, it's not a, it's a sad thing for the character because she's someone who should be, you look at how powerful in this power is, how ultimately Spider-Man's powers could be um, pushed so she he could fight the so he can fight the Hulk. Miss um, Marvel's powers should have been able to do all the same stuff because she has sixth sense, she has speed, strength. She is much stronger than Spider-Man, and then she also has a you know sixth sense. 
So, and then vulnerability. So we got all these things going for you. She should be like able to give the Submariner the Hulk, you know, last a couple of rounds with Thor or something like that. But, you know, no one really could see it that way. So anyway, so then I think there's also, um, I just listened to an interview with David Michelini and he was talking about the Avengers plot. And that was recently, but he was kind of saying how, um, he was kind of saying that it was the plot he wanted to do for that was, it was later. It was done by another editor. So once it was done by another editor, they were kind of scrambling to put together a plot. And ultimately, that's what um, Avengers um, 200 was, them kind of scrambling to get this plot together. And it wasn't what they originally wanted to do. And um, that was all he would say about it. He didn't throw Jim Shooter on the bus or Bob Layton or Perez. But this is all present day. This story was done almost 40 years ago. 40 years ago. So we need an interview from that time besides all of the stuff Chris Claremont has said about this. So since I did something on Vernon Perez, I got this book here which is, has an interview with, with George. And um, ultimately he talked about this issue. So in here, when I was doing another thing, is in his, his Avengers, like basically most of the characters that were on the book while he was drawing it. And um, that would lead to another thing that I was thinking about. And he says, um, this is him coming back to the Avengers and say, you know, getting that fresh start again also. The fact that it was leading into issue 200, which is a big, oh boy, another anniversary issue. <clears throat> you know, so, so far, you know, so far, every anniversary issue I had, something went wrong. Issue 150 was ha half reprint, as it turned out, issue, issue 200, I hated the story. David Michelini wasn't crazy about it. I'm sorry, David Michelini wasn't crazy about it either. You know, it wasn't it wasn't his original story to begin with. So that's another tidbit. It wasn't David Michelini's story. Perez hated the story, and Jim Shooter doesn't remember. He's doing his total, um, what is it? Um, his Ronald Reagan impersonation. So, with that said, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe we need Bob Layton to um, chime in. But ultimately, instead of going the other way and blaming Jim Shooter for most of it, let's just say the people credited are the people that were involved. We can't take away anything. I know Jim Shooter kind of kind of said he didn't remember anything. So obviously, you know, he has no recollection how he got on the credits. But ultimately, we can't say he's not the writer because David Michelini is the scripter. The plot is hashed out before the art. So once the plot is hashed out and Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief, is there plotting with it, then that's the story you get. That's, if the editor, you say, then the book stops with the editor. And of course, then they have to stop with the editor-in-chief too. Can't have someone who, the book stops when the X-Men come through, but not the Avengers. So that said, Ultimately, should we be complaining about Avengers 200 still? Like every sort of three months, someone does a Facebook post complaining about 
Avengers 200 or there's many, you know, YouTube blogs. Now I've been on the other end. I complain about X-Men stories, right? But I'm saying if we, I mean, it's almost argumentative bartering. If I say I'm not, if everyone's going to keep complaining about Avengers 200 and it's all this other stuff, then I can't give up the X-Men stuff. But ultimately, even with my complaints, we should be able to let things go. We should let these books, you know, as far as the monthly crunch, a bad apple comes out of the bunch. And um, ultimately, at some point, the X-Men would pick the wheels up and get better. Some post, some play, place around when Roger Stern is on the book. You know, because I think Shooter got in the book and it's kind of a rough stage. There's a lot of stuff that's questionable there. But, you know, kind of say, hey, that's, sometimes these stories dip. Sometimes they get better. They go up and down. So ultimately, we should all move on. And um, at the end, we can talk about it and say, that wasn't my cup of tea. That was just another one. We go into the higher thing and saying, this points out the misogyny in comic books. I think the way, um, I think by the time the 80s came along, all of those creators kind of, um, you know, with I think with David Michelini, um, what is it, what did he do? Um, Bethany McCabe and Iron Man and Miss Arbonne, uh, I think, both, well, mainly her, but they had positive female characters. Obviously Perez is definitely, you know, definitely positive female characters. So all of them have grown past that point. Um, Jim Shooter, I can't really call to a story, a specific story, but you know, he, um, what was it? What would we be? I guess you can see some of the characters in, um, in what's that story? I guess I would have to say in Starbrand, like the married, the, the, the divorcee with the kid in that story. I think her name, her name would be Liz, Lindsay, I can't remember. But also the Ditsy character, who's my favorite, Debbie the Duck. So, I mean, you have a character who, um, no, no, that one's South, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. I, don't, I can't say anything. I can't go to Fatal. I don't know what to add with Jim Shooter. But, I mean, Jim Shooter is historically a, um, in history, he'll always be remembered for his Justice League and his early Avengers run. And definitely his other comics and being a hand that kind of directed us to get to um, the death of Phoenix. Not that he, what, he isn't credited, he didn't write it, but he kind of said, let's do this. And Bernie Claremont said, well, we'll do this. And we got a classic. So that's all I got for you. And um, I don't know, maybe you could check it out for the art or the cover, but it's still, no, that's, uh, what did I say? We going to look at that cover again. Sorry, y'all. Here we go, we're going to this issue, going like this. And then we gotta get to that cover. Look at it. It is a gorgeous cover. I didn't remember that Terry Austin inked it, but I mean, look at it. Wouldn't you buy that? <laughs> but anyway, um, that's it, that's all I got. Spin the rack out.